When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy, Kyle, and producer Dave. That's your boy, PD. And today, <laughs> we're going to be talking HBO's new hit series, The Last of Us. This is going to be Season 1, Episode 2, entitled infected and before we get going i just once again want to ask that you all visit us on bingetowntv.com we cover shows from the boys to the mandalorian everything in between we just wrapped on our coverage of arcane we went back and visited that one concurrently with the last of us we're coming out with season one coverage of yellow jackets which will be back for a season two in march and uh, we're four episodes in and we love it that show's amazing so definitely check that out uh we have a youtube page up and running so so look us up on YouTube and the best way to support the pod for absolutely free is to just hit subscribe, follow us on Apple Podcasts app, Spotify and YouTube. So hit that subscribe button. All right, guys, here we go. Episode two infected. And I, it was a good one. Jimmy, you said it right before the podcast, a little bit shorter than the last one. Lots of action scenes. So a lot of like edge of your seat stuff. A lot less world building, and it just physically was about a half an hour shorter than the previous episode. So I was actually sitting there like, is it already over? My gosh, it just like flew right past us. But yeah, <laughs> we get a nice close up of our zombies. They looked spectacular, like another ominous cold opening scene. I whoa, really whoa, like whoa, whoa, whoa. What are they? They're zombies, dude. Or they or we have a name now. Let's we do have it. A let's, name, let's talk bro. about this name. Let's <laughs> talk about this name. The clickers, dude. For for Dave and Kyle, I don't know about you, Brian, but it was so hard for me not to say these names in the first episode, <laughs> yep. especially because there was a glimpse of a clicker at the very end of the episode that I, I didn't bring up. I'm not sure if you saw it, Brian, and you chose not to bring it up either. When they panned out at the end of the episode, in the background, there's a clicker, and I didn't want to say anything because I, would, I didn't want to say, there's a zombie, there's a, there, you know. We have <laughs> names. There are other names yeah. for other types of these um, infected. They haven't really said them yet, but we'll get there. Sorry, Brian. Continue with that intro, baby. You're good. I was pretty much done. I was going to open the floor to you guys. We did get the name, the clickers. I personally love the name. I love the sound of them. Like you, I love that you hear them from like three rooms away. And then you're just like, all right, everybody shut the fuck up and we'll survive <laughs> this thing. But I, I think they just look spectacular. I mean, that museum scene was just perfect. Uh, but Rooks, how are we feeling? Another banger of an episode. I love the the horror, the the edge of my seat. I'm always feeling when these clickers are around. And I think clicker is such a perfect name. Like you said, B-Toms, the sound that they produce is just so terrifying. And especially when they're right neck at neck with like Joel in those scenes, it's I was like shitting myself. I was like, I would be crying. But one quick question I do want to ask is, is the clicking echolocation like can they see using the clicking or no do we is that not something no. we should know yet okay they can't see anything all they do is hear as okay. far as you need to know all they can do is hear i was actually gonna say jimmy isn't that correct they do use echolocation like they click and it, they don't like see see but you know they click and their hearing is so good that's like how they figure stuff out 
Am I completely oh. way off? Because Ellie earlier in the episode was just like, remember when they're on the freeway? Like, oh, I've heard rumors that they shoot spores at you. And then I heard rumors that they have echolocation and can see in the dark like mm-hmm. that because they can click. And Tess and Joel kind of both look at each other like, okay, maybe that rumor's like spot on. Um, it's hard to say because without giving spoilers, all I'll, all I'll say is that maybe one of them's definitely correct. Um, the other one, I can't tell if they were going back and forth with just being like, cause you know, that Tess at one point is like, don't believe everything you hear, but you know, she's mm-hmm. also talking to a 14 year old and not trying to freak her out. So that, I mean, maybe I totally missed that. I mean, obviously you do get to the part where Joel straight up says, you know, they can hear, but they can't see. So shut the hell up. I mean, if you if they had the echolocation in a way where like the clicking made them see around them, like the scene where he go. Well, I guess the male clicker, because fun fact, the male and female clicker actor voice actors from the video game are the same ones that are for the TV show. So there are male and female clicker voices, but the clicker that's right up in Joel's face does click right in his ear. So if he had the echolocation, wouldn't he be able to just be like, oh, there he is. Unless we're just talking about like the clickers can communicate through the clicks. We already know they can communicate through the the vines, but I guess we can get there when we get there as well. So my last point is they could use it to the effect that they wouldn't be able to differentiate what exactly is in front of them. But like they can navigate to some extent. Oh, They weren't just bumbling over like the glass showcases and shit. Okay, that makes sense. They can like patrol and not stumble over stuff. Okay, so you mean they're not walking in location. That's why like Joel could like kind of be quiet, step in front of them and flash yeah, the yeah, light. Yeah. He couldn't yeah. notice that, but that makes okay, sense. Yeah, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think your point about the episode. Oh, way to talk, dude. Much shorter <laughs> is a good one because it really did feel like not that nothing happened, but when it ended, it was like, okay, it was so much shorter than the finale. And I don't want to I mean that's probably only the, the only bad thing I would have to say about the episode was that it was like such a drastic runtime difference from the finale that it felt like we got almost gypped of an episode or at least like 10 to 15 minutes this week. But it ended you mean the intro. You said the in- you mean the intro. You said the I finale. do not mean the intro premiere. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. You're yes. saying the finale. Yeah. 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 Um, OK, so yeah, you mean so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's okay. the only that the would honestly episode. that would probably be the only negative that I would have. I feel like it, it ended on a very emotional note, which was good. Uh, we got a lot more action this time. We're actually out in the world, which is fun. Um, so yeah, I have no complaints besides the, besides the runtime, which is like the most petty first world problem complaint you could possibly have. (laughs) And I almost feel like if you took away the part with Sarah before the 20 year time skip, probably just the post time skip stuff would be about the same length as the episode we had here. So I I feel like this is what we should expect moving forward, but you know, who knows what they're going to throw at us. Yeah. I think we did talk about it last week in the way where, we said that it, it could have easily been two episodes last week. They could have fully expanded the, you know, the prequel of the episode or the, the intro of the episode where Sarah dies and made it like a 45 minute episode and then give us the next 55 minute episode. Or they just give us a bang of an hour and a half, keep everything condensed, meaning the first part of it condensed into that half hour and the next part in the 55 minutes like we would expect. So I'm glad that they definitely went that route for the first episode. But yeah, I'm guessing that from now on, it'll they'll stay 55 minutes until maybe the finale. But again, Kyle, you're right. First world problems, because I literally checked the time and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's 10 minutes left. I feel like there should be another like half hour at least. Mm-hmm. 
Agreed. And that's actually a pretty good segue because our first scene, we are back in that same time area in 2003. We are revisiting the outbreak in Jakarta, Indonesia, which we actually were alluded to in the last episode that that's where the outbreak started. But we actually get to kind of visit at patient zero in the first 48 hours of the outbreak. And we're following this woman, Ibu Matna, who is the professor of mycology at the University of Indonesia. Study of fungus, just for those who maybe didn't know or didn't guess what it was. I don't think (laughs) she was studying dolphins. Are you one of them, Dave? Is that why you made that comment? Yeah, totally one of them, yep. (laughs) So military personnel find this woman in a diner and you can kind of like tell on her face she how she slowly just comes to the realization it's almost like you can tell she's trying to convince herself there's no way it's what i've been dreading my entire career this scene was awesome but they like bring her to the facility we see this cadaver and that was our nudity a little disappointing but it is it is is what it is (laughs) this entire intro is amazing for a million different reasons the first cool reason is the easter egg that video game players may or may not notice and it's very tough but in the video game the last of us joel has a radio here and there and in the radio um in the beginning scenes this is where he hears it's from jakarta and this is where you know so it's it's basically just reflecting from the game again except it's actually giving us a cool intro more background information, just like the scene that had John Hanna in it from last episode. And another cool Easter egg. I know Kathleen sent us that TikTok, and I don't think we actually alluded to it too much last episode. Kathleen hasn't jumped on the pod with us yet, but she is on the roster and will hopefully be with us at some point. Um, And she's following along, obviously. But the fact that in the last of us game we don't really get too much of an answer of where the infection came from where the pandemic came from they do say it's from bad crops and that was one of the things that they're worrying about but they don't get into it like the john Hanna thing and like some of the stuff that we're getting in with with these episodes and the jakarta intro says that the first person was bit or started spreading in a what is it a flour and grain mill Mm-hmm. and yep. you know that, i love that the tic- yeah so that the, you know and there's that whole thing and it's on tiktok and we're sure many of you already seen it so we could just glance by it but it you know there's that whole thing saying you know joel didn't get infected in the beginning of episode one and the beginning of the infection because you know he was on atkins and he would didn't buy the cake and he wouldn't have the pancakes because he wouldn't eat anything at all with flour and sarah doesn't eat the cookies that the neighbor wants to give her and all that kind of stuff. So it is cool how they're just alluding to this in the background and another, whatever it is, 10, 10 minute intro. And the other thing I want to say is the freaking soundtrack, the score, especially for the intro. I mean, I know throughout this episode and throughout the season, they're utilizing the game as well for the soundtrack, but this, the foreboding, it's just like man when like the lady's acting when she finds out like the whole deal and what's going on she's basically saying bomb the place that the score in the background is like it's dire you're like oh my gosh this is this is the end man i hope every opening to all these episodes is the early stages of the infection because it's just so interesting seeing her reaction because in the very beginning she was being very stubborn she's like oh like there's just no way that is a fungal thing at all And then when she sees the body and realizes, okay, she goes from one spectrum of it not being possible at all to 
we need to bomb this entire city and everyone around us because we can't let this spread. It'll be the end of us. Crazy. That was just mind-blowing in itself. Very Chernobyl-esque. That's kind of I see where you see kind of the parallels from because it's the same director, right? Or whatever. Yes. Of Chernobyl. So, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I hope we get these. I hope every episode starts with these kind of flashback moments. And I just, again, love the realism of it starting from grain and flowers because scientifically that makes sense to someone who at a very basic level understands these kinds of things. So it's the realism and the potential for this being a, a thing in our world. And today just adds that level of, oh shit, like this is so, this is so possible and this is fucking crazy. I just love it. It was such a great intro to the episode again. Flowers gotta be like top five top two worst possible vectors for it i feel like because what is like the most like ubiquitous ingredient in like every type of cuisine across like the entire planet i feel like flowers gotta be number one oh yeah well she said right when he said flour and grain she said the perfect substrate definition of substrate is the surface or material on from which an organism lives grows or obtains its nourishment so essentially she was like yeah it's the perfect fucking food <laughs> yeah and i mean just like obviously it's going to spread like wildfire i think i read somewhere or saw somewhere too that jakarta or maybe indonesia as a whole is like the like the flower packing capital of the world or something like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, really? There you go. Something okay. like where they have like the most like grain mills per capita or something crazy like that. So that's the just realism. Another, yeah, that's another good level to it as well. That's crazy. I love I this. I would be fucked. I would be fucked. Oh, I, I eat a ton of flower based products like every day of my life. I, I had, had a bun some, today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had some toast today, some pasta. <laughs> I would be fine. I, uh, and also uh, this week, I feel like I've been eating a ton of mushrooms. Like I bought a bunch of mushrooms before <laughs> the fucking premiere, and then it's like based off the fungus. And then every literally every day, I have some. I'm like, oh my god! It's just, I think about the TV show. This show is a mushroom now. Do you think uh, Ellie must be gluten free then? I guess they all have <laughs> so to, you know? so gluten free yeah. that she just this show might immune. this show well, she might be she was eating a chicken yeah, sandwich. Uh, sandwich. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, it's got to be it to the point where. If you're at this point 20 years later, you're not going to get infected in that way. It's just bitter bust yeah, for those yeah. people. But I early guess. stages, or I'm saying. Her, I would, or, but her, she's, she's, she's totally different. She's yeah, immune. she's totally immune as far as we know. But I mean, everybody else, you know, I guess they... I don't know, because Joel's technically eating beef jerky, and he didn't say, give me a bite of that sandwich. <laughs> I might go. So I don't know. I, I might go gluten free after these watching these episodes, yeah. just in case, on the yeah. slight chance this happens. <laughs> I'm trying to think of World War Z. We talked about in the first episode. I think it was like in the books, at least. I don't know if it was like rotten meat, or it might have been like a like an organ transplant gone bad. Mm. So mm. I guess okay. as long yeah, don't get any organ transplants and don't eat <laughs> grain, David. You'll be good. There we go. So before we move on from the intro, I want to talk to the rooks here. And we have a situation where an episode ago, our boy Badiatis from Spartacus, he was John Hanna. He was ahead of his time. He knew what he was talking about, and he predicted this. And that was in the 60s. Now we have our lady here in this intro, this doctor. She's a doctor, I guess, technically, right? They say yeah, she's... They call it yeah. Doctor. Yeah. Okay. So she says there's no cure. Okay, there's that's it. There's no cure. Now that could be wrong. I mean, she says she's it's her life's work, and but she says there's no cure. So it seems like her and and Badiatis are, are of singular minds here that this is dire. 
So what do you guys think as Rooks hearing that they're putting this in the intro of episode two, that she believes there's no cure, but our main protagonist, we kind of find out in this episode that probably her whole point is to make a cure. Yeah, I can't imagine the story being like having such a I can't think of the words like I guess cynical maybe ending where like there's really no hope. I feel like a theme almost of this. episode. I mean, at least Tess's storyline of this whole episode is, you know, pushing through for any sliver of hope that you can get and holding on to that and and things like that. I feel like it would be weird if it rolled out like that. And I again, I hate to just keep making World War Z things as like as that's like the only zombie thing we've ever consumed. But like in that book, at least like they just like wet winter come and just like kill zombies and then they just go out and kill them all like in the books at yeah. least. so like i i don't think it's gonna go that way where because it seems like this way that it spreads through like all of like the the myceum network whatever the hell it is like seems way more difficult to deal with where you can't just like wait them out and i right. feel like if there's no cure it's just this is life now and that's yeah. not like what kind of story is that? I mean, maybe it's a realistic one. I don't know, but I don't. I don't think that's the way it'll go. And to go back to Body Odyssey's speech in episode one, I mean, the, the whole purpose of his speech was talking about evolution. So maybe mankind at this point it's been thirty years, or you know, whatever it's been, twenty years, and maybe mankind has already developed into evo- like evolved past this, and that's what it's starting with Ellie. But yeah, I'm with Kyle. I think that just got to hold on to hope for whatever reason she's immune just got to roll with that and see if there's anything that can be done with her blood and you know creating some kind of vaccine or something even though i know they were saying that it's pretty much impossible yeah and we also we we get joel himself saying that as of now he thinks it's bullshit and you know that's obviously something that's great for a character development in the future to your yeah. point kyle with with tess's whole thing and we also had an interesting conversation quickly, and I'm jumping ahead here, but we had Ellie and Joel talking, and Ellie asks how long they last, and he says sometimes quick, sometimes 20 years. So, you know, the evolution thing is tough because if we know that there's 20-year-old infected clickers, whatever, walking around, you know, it's not like, what what's the movie? And I don't know why I'm blanking out. I really should know it. It's the book that was turned into a movie with Tom Cruise, the one with the the aliens come down and... Um, they're War taking of the War of the Worlds. War of all the worlds. I wanted to say that, yeah, War of the Worlds, where eventually they just it looks dire, but they can't live on Earth. They basically just die off themselves. Yeah, as, 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 as very surface level as you can as you can uh, summarize that movie slash book. Yeah, this seems like it. This disease, this uh, parasite, this organism is like literally like infecting the planet more so mm-hmm, than just the mm-hmm. people like it's all over the ground it's underground it's it's going everywhere and that doesn't seem like a weighted out slash this is our new normal right. scenario type of thing it feels like we're gonna get a cure and they've em- okay. emphasized the importance of ellie so much that it's just she has to have some important role in creating yeah. some form of prevention against all this and, and maybe we're just hopeless romantics yeah well let's put it on the board for now looks like as of episode two, we could update it as the episodes go on. But Kyle and Dave both believe that there will be a cure. Maybe they uh, convert her dude. blood into like Roundup, some form of like Roundup weed killer, and they just, <laughs> just spray, go spray <laughs> bottles, spray <laughs> bottles, just going around. Shooting. That's what I. That's that'll be my theory right there. Put yeah. on the board. Everyone take their quadrant of the city. <laughs> yeah, like fifty years later, we're good. 
Well, this discussion kind of leads us into our first scene. Ellie's sleeping on a pad of moss, whatever, and she wakes up to Tess and Joel staring her down, giving her the stink eye like, what's up, girl? You scanned red. You're not an infected. Clearly, what are we going to do with you? And as she goes to the bathroom, Tess and Joel kind of have this back and forth where Tess is like, listen, this is our best chance at a battery and is really insistent on let's just finish out the mission, get our battery and call it a day. But Joel is on the side of if she hasn't already turned, she's going to turn eventually. Why don't we just save ourselves the hassle, the trouble, the risk and execute her and go back to the QZ now? I liked the uh, just like the opening kind of cinematography of it, of her like laying in that little grass field. It, I mean, it, it looks kind of weird, but it was fun to then like pan to them, like kind of in the shadows looking over her. Mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. Obviously, they're just having that internal and external dialogue about it. It's just she is just she's kind of funny. I don't know. She's like annoying, but she's funny. And it's like yeah. you can tell that there's like a foundation there for her to get cooler. But it's just her interactions with Joel. And obviously now that it's just the two of them. And I'm sure that's like the basis of why a lot of people like the video game so much in the story of it. And it's just nice that we're kind of already starting to get that at the beginning of episode two. I did not expect Ellie to be the the humorous one in this situation. She was cracking me up, honestly, especially when they're like, the moment she starts switching, we're going to shoot her. And she's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was cracking up. It's just like, you motherfucker. Ellie's stock has definitely been going up for me with these with this episode, without a doubt. She's quick. She's like, kind of witty she has a dark humor but also like this childish innocence and it's like all rolled together in one moody preteen it's like Mm -hmm. it's such a unique package but it definitely works and kyle that's definitely a lot of the charm of the video game is from the interactions and just like the stupid voice dialogue between these two as they progress through the story that doesn't even mean anything in particular i mean when they're going through the hotel and the whole ding ding hello ma'am can i have it yeah like that whole uh, shtick is through an optional voice line in the video game that yep. only gets unlocked if you walk I think as Joel behind the counter um, yep that's pretty funny and it's just yep. interesting too to think about it of like actual kids growing up in this world and that's like kind of all they know so like it's I don't want to say it's not serious but it's obviously less serious to them they have no concept of what was lost this is just what is and yeah. Joel and their generation obviously have a concept of what's lost, so they're much more cynical and just grumpy altogether. And it's just funny to watch that generational divide. Because, I mean, we see it ourselves with different shit with, like, social media and stuff like mm-hmm. that. The way, like, our parents might use Facebook and shit like that. So it's just kind of funny to see it in this kind of context. And, Brian, I just want to jump in here as the vet with you. Yep. We don't have to talk about it too much because, again, we don't want to do any spoilers, but... I think this episode, the combination of episodes one and two have cemented Bella Ramsey as a great Ellie. Like, I really appreciate her portrayal of Ellie. We talked about ad nauseum how people were having issues with her being cast. And I think she's knocking it out of the park. I mean, the it, it's OK to say episode one, we're still waiting a little bit. But the way that she was reenacting certain scenes from the video game, making us laugh here and there for certain uh parts of the dialogue i just think she's nailing it and i i really don't see her letting me down throughout the rest of this season i agree and i think the most impressive thing is almost how her tone can convey like complete utter indifference towards things just like commenting on like random shit she sees like 
I agree with you. She's doing a fantastic job. I kind of highlighted it in the last episode when you asked, oh, aren't you hearing both of their voices? I'm like, I'm hearing her 100%. Pedro's doing his thing, but she yeah. is like a, a a copy of Ellie. Like yeah. she just is Ellie to me. But unless anybody has anything else to say, I can move us on to the next scene, which is just kind of the trio moving out into the open city. Um, just kind of passing by the general wreckage we get these ominous leaning towers jimmy i'm actually a little upset they didn't go through the towers because that was a really yeah. really great part of the game whatever they, like it they, is what like, it is go from the leaning one into the standing one i as i recall you just jimmy, explore more yeah, yeah. you're just I able to explore pretty much anything you want you know what? I, f- the, I feel no, like no. now that I'm thinking of it, another maybe weakness of the episode, and maybe again, it's just because they don't have a ton of time to do it. It did feel like we were just in locations, but with no real like general understanding of why we couldn't go certain ways. You know, because they're like, we're going to go the long way or the short way. And then it's like, well, we got to go this way to do this. And that was okay. And then it just kind of like. I guess in the video game, it's easier to like just like force players a certain way. But it was like, why did we have to go through the museum yeah. specifically? Like, why couldn't we just walk on the street there? I was going to say that's kind of the charm of the one to one video game adaptation. It's like, oh, there's rubble there. I'm thinking I could probably like squeeze through and just yeah. nope. It's video game logic, dude. You can't go that way. You got to go think around about it. Don't no shortcuts. Museum long well, that- way, short way. Yeah, because they're like walking on highways, interchanges, like down like a huge like boulevard. And then it's like, we got to get through this museum that looks ominous as hell. And I was like, okay, I get it. It's like the TV show. and It's a story. But it was kind of like, why don't we just walk on the many streets of Boston? I mean, it's one of the oldest cities in America. It's got a decent grid network, I think. So I think it was it was probably just the amount. I think they show us all those clickers at the beginning when they're out, like overlooking all of them. And they're just like, okay, that's a good point. The Very streets are just overrun. We have to go. They have to go through buildings because that's where they're less likely to be, I guess. Yeah. And Kyle, to now that you brought that up, I do want to say this is actually pretty hilarious. When we get into the museum and they're walking in the water and and Ellie says, I can't swim. That's a point from the video game. And it's like a major plot point because anytime there's water joel has to go around and it's like it's leading the video game character a certain way because ellie can't go so he goes around (laughs) and finds another way for her to be able to go so yeah yeah, i mean and and again i asked brian this last episode and i thought last episode was fine and maybe this is where there is a little bit of a disconnect because as a video game player i was able to just connect those dots where they're just like hey we're looking over. We see all these infected. We can't go that way. Do you want to go the long way? Well, and then when they get to the short way, they're like, well, we didn't go the long way because they tried. And like, you know, she said, there's all the, the infected. And then the short way ended up being, yeah, we were here prior. And it was in, it was filled with this fungus that brings the other, you know, their, their communication system, which is actually not in the game at all. So this is uh, new to me as well. Yeah. I was going to make sure that wasn't in the game because yeah. that, makes them even more overpowered which is kind of awesome for the purposes of the show yeah and i i get i think it was kind of cool where it's like you know the hotel the museum like they as smugglers have their spots and they kind of know their own little route which is cool it's just felt like i don't know we're just like kind of like jumping location to location to location and not really having a sense of where we are really i didn't I, i thought the journey i guess to the state house 
I didn't know they meant like City Hall basically in Boston. I thought they meant like Springfield, Massachusetts, the capital of the state. Like we were going to have to like get some type of vehicle ish to go somewhere or yeah. something. I that was again probably me just misunderstanding. My last explanation for the show is that they've alluded to kind of like Kyle, you were saying they're smugglers. They know the routes that are safe. Maybe ones they've gone through and could tell that less clickers or just like no clickers at all. So they know the safest route. Um, yeah. And Kyle, in your defense, I, I do think that it did seem a little sped up because especially the scene, which is exactly from the the TV. I, I want to say the comics. It's killing me because Marvel. Whenever we cover <laughs> Lots Marvel, of Marvel content or yeah. the boys, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. From the video game where Joel and Ellie have the conversation when they see uh, City Hall from afar. Is it ex- is it everything you wanted and blah blah blah. Right. I was under the impression that you know we would get more of a journey where they don't get there yet by the end of episode two. Inside, I wanted them to get there because I knew it was going to be a badass part because i know what's next but right. i assumed it was going to be the journey that was going to be the rest re- the rest of the episode but then tess was like let's get out of here and get there before dark and i was like oh wow they're going to speed this thing up so i do understand what you're saying definitely when it comes to i don't i guess world building is the right the right way of saying it but you know like you don't really get like the full-on navigation it's just like hey we're at the museum and now we're at the now or the hotel yeah, now we're at the hotel, museum and now museum, you know, state yeah, house exactly yeah, we kind of just like fast traveled but again i mean do we really want to watch them walking through the streets a ton everything i mean we, we got them walking on the highway which was cool i really liked like the the setting it looked really nice of like the overgrown city it's cool to think about the possibility of that and things like that it just for only one very small nitpick like i said at the start Pretty much, it was a really fantastic episode, but if there was something I had to bring up, I think that might be another one. Yeah. Definitely a place where playing the video game helps because, Jimmy, correct me if I'm wrong, the museum, iconic kind of like level design. The hotel, iconic kind of like stretch of the game. Exact. Yes, the places where you said, I feel like we're just kind of showing up here. I'm like, oh, they're at the museum. Let's go. I remember that. It was surreal. Yeah, it was. And the things that they chose to pull out and bring to life they did and did a great job of it so video game players like me and jim are loving it we don't care about the in-between and actually they (laughs) did use that one like overpass scene as they're like okay Mm -hmm. they are walking between these places and actually in that overpass scene we do have a nice conversation between tess and ellie where we get confirmation ellie is an orphan doesn't know her parents doesn't have parents well, I guess we can only confirm she doesn't know her parents because, Kyle, you have a interesting theory. And then we also get the backstory of how Ellie was bitten in the first place. And she says that she climbed into the mall alone just to explore. And Tessa's like, oh, you mean the one that's been boarded up for 10 years and nobody's allowed to go in under consequence of death? She's like, yeah, that's the one <laughs> that gives her some props. It's like, it's a little I'll give it to you, kid. You got balls. I yeah, kind of like the, the little it. maternal daughter bonding between Tess and Ellie that they're establishing here, which just another instance of them yanking a relationship away before it even gets the chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, but yeah, I'll just keep going along. We've been touching on this hotel scene. They go through the flooded hotel. Just dialogue that doesn't really mean a whole lot but it, it's it's really great dialogue building these connections we come to this very video game-esque impasse just rubble where tess is like i guess i could climb through i'm like all three mm-hmm. of you could easily climb through it's not even an issue but it is an issue 
Uh, and that gives us a chance to have a one-on-one Joel and Ellie conversation. She's flipping the knife. I love how she just begrudgingly asks, so where are you from, dude? It's yeah, just he, she's doing such a good job. He really does is not looking to replace his daughter. You can kind of no. tell here that he's he doesn't want to get to know this girl at all because one, he might have to kill her in his mind because she could still turn <laughs> in any second. He's not trying to attach himself to this girl. He's already lost one daughter and only like certain questions he'll answer. It's just Yeah, I think it's funny. I again like their just reactions or their interactions rather are good. And you can tell, like I said earlier, it's just like building up to like go from you know, them kind of butting heads a little bit to having this like very close relationship. I like how he's like, you know, Detroit's in Michigan and she's like, fuck you. I went to school. Like I know where yeah. Detroit is. And then it's yeah. another thing that she does know the answer to. And he's like, I thought you went to school, bitch. So it's just, <laughs> it, obviously there's a lot of comedic potential between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And he does confirm some last the question she asked, how long do infected last? Some last a couple of days. Some have been walking around for the whole 20 years. So like it's kind of a crapshoot in that sense. I want to I want to see one of these 20 year um, clickers yeah, for sure, yeah. because in my head, how I think of it is uh, B. Toms and Jimmy, you might not be as familiar with this, but Kyle and like Demon Slayer when demons have been around for much longer like they have to survive off eating humans and they can get bigger faster and stronger by being around longer so i'm just in my head i just picture a 20-year clicker being just this massive zombie super powered super (laughs) powered just on completely broken things so i'm excited to the final boss dude yeah i'm just picturing as yeah the final boss a mini boss something along those lines yeah love it and the several questions that Joel passes on are, so are you two like a thing? And he's like, pass. No, not even touching that one. And how'd you end up in Boston is also a pass. And she leaves him with a great question. Is it hard killing them knowing they were once humans? How about that dude last night that still was a human? Was that one tough? <laughs> yeah. And Tess shows up before he can answer. But she understand she's like right at an age where she can understand these like horrible actions plus she's been through it in her 12 limited years but like she's also approaching them with like childish inquisitiveness you know and it's she's it's such got a, a she's go got ahead. a lot of awareness that's uh, that's all i was gonna yeah, say yeah for sure i guess you got to if you want to survive. yeah yeah i think she's the perfect combination of mature and immature Literally, it's yep. going to like te- she's going to be taught lessons for being too immature. And we've already seen them in the first two episodes. But then this showed her maturity with that question being asked. And I'm glad that Joel gave an answer. I'm glad he didn't say pass. I, I like that. You know, we get that answer out of Joel uh, yeah. because he does say what does he say? Sometimes. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure his answer is sometimes. And then Tess interrupts and. Um, she's like, put that gun down. She doesn't even see him, and she knows the gun. Yeah, up. that was that was funny too, <laughs> because you know, the moment he hears anything, he's got that gun cocked and ready to go. I just want to rewind though and go back really quick to the part where she says she can't swim, and they're wading through—not necessarily wading. It's up to their knees and her probably hips, kind of. But she's like, "Oh, it's so disgusting," and she's kind of like having some fun with it. If I couldn't see what was in that water. I'm not walking through that shit, man. Like, literally, uh, there could be an infected. Not not so lackadaisically. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, do we really have to go this way? Like, you know. (laughs) The one thing that crossed my mind in the museum, when you see all the the fungus on the walls and even in the water with the hotel, I'm just like, it must stink to fucking high heaven in there. That water has got to be the smelliest water of all time. And I would be horrified to go through it. Walking dead 
like you know all these shows it's like this the world just has to smell disgusting it's, now it's like working at hills you just get used to the ambient disgusting <laughs> smell in the background yep, you know I it guess, just becomes yeah. your baseline so you just they definitely noticing. stink too yeah true oh, they yeah. Don't shower I mean, it's not like often. they still have deodorant and all that kind yeah, of stuff like they're like, probably still pooping at a semi-regular rate and like we are and they're sweating and they're just walking through that water like are they ever going to take a shower? Maybe next episode <laughs> yeah. if they get somewhere relatively safe, like they're stanking the place up too. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So Tess returns with the bad news, opens the door. They all go up to the roof and they just see a bunch of zombies sunbathing in the middle of the streets. They look pretty happy, honestly, reacting to the sun as it like <laughs> goes past. So that was going to be my question: yep. is were they reacting positively? Because it does make a point that the sun kind of makes its way over a lot of them and they do react and i couldn't tell if it was positively or negatively like as if they were like vampires almost where ah oh, the sun's burning me but i feel like if no, you're I a am fungus, legend bro yeah i was gonna say if you're a fungus i feel like the sun actually probably wouldn't be a good you want to be you, in the right? dark if you're dark, a fungus, right. but yeah um i but don't I, know I like I, i'm not coming at this with any video game knowledge but i, I just took it like I didn't even take it like the sun meant anything except for us to see better. And then they were reacting to each other, just showing okay. that they're homogenous, kind of like they just okay, they move yeah. along with each other. And again, that's like, not in the video game. So it was news to me and Brian. Yeah, maybe it, it was just, just like yeah, any level of stimulation. Yeah, they were probably shit. Maybe they were all shaking in the dark, but we just couldn't see it as well. And then when the sun kind of beams on them, then you still see yeah. them shaking. So that makes OK, that and, makes sense. And again, that's interesting because I was looking at them and staring at them for a while being like, so I guess and I can't remember because when you're playing the video game, you're you, you see the zombie, you see the infected and they're walking around and they're kind of just like doing their thing. And then if they see you, they run at you or if they're clickers, they hear you, they they run at you. It's not like they're just laying there waiting for you. So I was a little bit confused. Like, I guess the infected kind of just sunbathe until it's time. And like, if they don't have any stimulus where they can tell that there's food i guess or someone they're, to infect around them they're adding this new element of the hive mind if you will and it yeah, seems like that right. works through the underground network and they showed in the final scene how they kind of start like sprouting around fingers and stuff i think yeah, they're laying yeah. on the ground that's the best way to communicate honestly and they're just waiting for yeah. something but from the from the hive mind also, Tess explains that usually, like last time we were here, all of them were hiding deep in the buildings. But the more people that come through looking for the QZ, just they keep chipping away at humanity, thus increasing their own numbers. So I think it's just more and more come. They start flooding out into the streets because there's not enough room in the buildings, whatever it may be. I thought the sunlight, like Kyle said, was just showing that they do have a reaction to stimulus and it's pretty immediately like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're still with it. Oh, no, there was a lot of ways you could take that. But, Jimmy, I'm kind of liking how they're adding more powers, if you will, to the zombies. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's I something agree. new for the video game people. And I don't think it's too outlandish, just something that makes them even more terrifying. And they're subtracting something so far. And we won't bring it up just in case it is brought up later in the show. There is something that they're subtracting that we like know power. the games. Um, not necessarily a power, but just like a lore world build, okay. building part of the fungus and the infected. Um, it's actually was alluded to quickly in episode one, and it seems like they kind of turned it down and it mm -hmm. isn't a thing. So we'll see. And I don't want to. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we can save it. Yeah. yeah. 
text that to me on the side because I'm not even sure what specifically yeah, you're okay, referring okay. to. But. Yeah. So, yeah, and just another kind of maternal bond between Tess and Ellie. Tess is like, yeah, listen, you may be immune, but you're not immune from being torn to shreds. Like, you have to know how to protect yourself from these guys. Really and like that line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tess's actress, I, I want to say it more. She's doing a fantastic job. Like, she killed this character for real. Literally killed this character. Yeah, <laughs> ran her right into the ground. <laughs> So they obviously can't go the long way. So they are forced to go the ominous short way, which turns out to be the museum. And they kind of roll up to this museum and we can just see fungus all over the door. Tess and Joel are like, ooh, that's that's new. That's but he like steps on it, cracks it. He's like, "Uh, they're pretty dry. It could mean they're all dead. And nobody believes that. But they're like, "Okay, let's let's go in optimistic, shall we? Just just so I do want to say that when they say that's new too, that's kind of going towards what Kyle was saying, where the short way, the way where we all die was the museum. And they thought they had to do that anyway now because Joel goes, oh, I guess we have to do the short way. They were expecting the fungus to be live because if you're stepping on it, boom, here comes all the clickers and the and the infected. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it was old and and crusty and and you know worn down and not active they were like okay maybe we caught a little bit of a break and they can go through and that changes when they see the guy who was attacked but you know that's so that's a little bit of like going back to your question of like why they go certain ways that's my bad thank you for clarifying that jimmy yeah yeah yeah. best job explaining that but yeah they see this obviously fresh body and tess and joel immediately you can see their eyes it gets serious they start whispering ellie is none the wiser first thing she says she like shouts out to the heavens they're like yeah. shut up girl you can just tell like it got turned up to 100 the intensity here and joel's just like don't ask questions you're just going to be quiet from here on out and that's the law dave so was that dead body killed by another human was that what they were so what they were inferring to i believe was that the kind of more progressed tickers don't have the wherewithal to go for a bite they just fucking maul at you and they they will just tear your ass up so that makes them even another level of like worse zombies that you can possibly go against because not only are they running and no they're no longer just taking bites they're actually eating you alive now that's like a combination of world war z zombies with like 28 day later zombies they're the same way they don't just take one bite out of you they are going for the whole body so you could you know you sometimes don't even turn because you there's just nothing left of you so it's just uh, it's great that we get this side of them as well because in my head i was thinking like do they only just go for the bite or do they actually try and end up eating all of what they can so it's it was nice getting this of evolution of them i guess yeah so in the video games if you in, encounter a clicker and you don't react fast enough this thing just literally eats you alive pretty much i mean it's a, it's a one-hit kill mm-hmm. so you're not you know I, I brian they didn't really give the other names should we just still just say infected and clickers until they like I, w- say I it, was or do you gonna think- say only the one in the museum is a clicker, correct? Right. Like, there right. Are different- All the other ones have other names, and they didn't give them yet. So I don't know if we should say I think it or we're what. We're gonna roll with infected for the base okay. level okay. and clicker for the clickers, right. and that's okay. all we know for now. We're gonna go with what the TV show gives us. Yeah. All right. So yeah, he just got mauled and he he was torn up. Okay. That's. I mean, that's why it's awesome to have the rooks on here because 
for me and Brian, we were like, oh shit, here comes mm-hmm. the clickers. But you guys would have no freaking idea. Yeah. Now, what were your, what were you guys expecting? Were you just expecting like a swarm of the regular guys? Were you expecting like a boss level sort of elevated threat to be in the final room, if you will? I mean, it's great when they're creeping up the stairs, but what were you expecting the reveal to be? I think the preview gave away a little bit too much because we do see in the preview what they look like as, I guess, specifically the clicker with that fungal oh, face Brian, mask. I did not watch it. I got yeah. you back, dude. So I, in my head, I was like, okay, this is the moment where we're going to see the fungal heads and uh, the extreme level of a- uh, evolution that these clickers have gone through rather than just them looking human-esque and, you know, just having been turned. But they were fucking freaky, man, those things, especially that they aren't one hit kills either to the dome. That just is. Yeah. yeah not two hit level, kills, man. Yeah, another yeah. level of just these zombies are the worst possible scenario you could have in any world. Yeah, I didn't watch the specific episode preview, but this was like this exact scene was in a lot of like the trailers, it looked like. Mm-hmm. So I guess that technically gave it okay. away. Okay. Sorry, that's what I meant. The trailer, trailer not the. All... Oh, okay. So it was not the, main the preview. Trailer. Yeah, the main trailer. Oh, okay. What I meant to say. Yeah. yeah. So this was probably something. I mean, showing a clicker to a video game person and showing how good you do it to them, yeah. it probably everyone was like, okay, you guys nailed it. We're in. You know, yeah. so that's why they probably did that, went there with that, even though it's it. kind of. um giving away some stuff but you know no i mean not really i feel like they did a good job of like the actual setting of where it happens you're in a room with a lot of like like podiums with like busts on them and it's in the dark so like there's a lot of like shadows of people kind of on the walls and things like that so that was well done in that sense where like the setting of it played a lot into like how good this scene actually was. They bust in through one of the doors and there's a mannequin. I literally was like, what the fuck was yeah, that? Yeah. Thing? <laughs> I was literally waiting for Ellie was just backing up and I was just waiting for her to just knock into a pedestal and knock oh. a bust over and then it was blow yeah. up and then that would be it. That's not really what happened, but I was really expecting that. Maybe it was good that it didn't happen. I, I was they were probably getting so annoyed because the whole time when they're backing up, I'm like, she's going to fuck up. She's going to yeah, fuck up. <laughs> just back yeah. it up. I'm like, someone needs to like turn around and look or like put a hand behind them or something like you're just in a room of glassware and like marble. <laughs> you know, this whole scene is really just a combat scene, if you will, them running from these clickers. So I don't want to, you know, over yeah. discuss it. But this is a pretty good representation from the video game. Dave, you were saying these guys are not one hit kills. They're not two headshot kills they are durable so imagine being in the video game where i'm telling you scarcity of resources is a thing you got to count your bullets this is the ultimate stealth video game because it's either you get through it and you can craft like shivs and stuff and if you sneak up behind you can one shot them and it's all cool then you go on to the next one but like if you're in a room with four of them you have 13 bullets to your name and you fuck up once all four of them are coming at you. You're like, oh, my gosh, all 16 of my bullets that I've been, you know, yeah. trying to save for the past hour of gameplay are going to be sunk into these guys. Oh, They're like those bastards up, Dave. You're going for a checkpoint. You're starting over from the last checkpoint. They're <laughs> just the perfect difficulty for the video game. But I feel like for the TV show, they are the perfect amount of like resistant to bullets and like human weapons. I want to give a shout out to our video game group chat because uh, it was Dean, I think, said, you know, jokingly, he was like, oh, this show is just so unrealistic because they don't have Joel crafting like 40 shivs in an episode <laughs> because it yep, seems like yeah. those are the most important piece of the game almost. Yeah, that was well, something going- that like I noticed it felt weird that they didn't have any 
like non-gun Knives. weapons. Yeah. I was like, I literally said out loud, thank you, Tess, when she puts that axe into the side of one of its head, because it was like, yeah. why would we be using weapons that are so loud, first of all, and then second of all, that, I mean, might be kind of scarce the ammunition for them in a scenario like this. And ineffective so, if it takes more than one, more than two bullets to kill them, too. Yeah, so I, I didn't feel like bringing this up in the first episode, because it's not a huge deal, but now that we're talking about it, kind of, I want to just really quickly talk about it. In the first episode, in the very beginning, when Sarah is getting ready to get attacked and Joel goes in and smashes the the old granny with the yeah. wrench. Great shot. Everyone was like, why would you drop that? You know, why would you drop the wrench? <laughs> yeah. Why would you bring it with you? Nope. But the joke is people people that maybe they're apologists, but they're trying to say the joke is that in the video game, you get like two, three hits and then you have to drop the weapon. You can only use it a certain amount of times. So they're saying like, oh, Joel used it his last time. And then like he had to drop it, you yeah. know, like it's just supposed to be like an inside joke. But yeah, I mean, I totally agree. You you have weapons, you have your gun, but you also are constantly, you know, going to like toolboxes and sheds and you're, yeah. you're, 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 you're and like making things. That was a gun that they didn't even plan to have. Like Joel took that off. of. The yeah, right, right. Killed. So like that wasn't even factored into their original plan. So it was a part of the original. I mean, he has his revolver, I guess. Which I would be a, carrying a machete on me at all yeah, times. Like a nice, yeah. like oh, medium yeah. sized knife dude, that's heavy. I talk about this all the time. And I mean, The Walking Dead, they do actually have people do it in certain yeah. seasons. But I would be wearing like a catcher's catcher's gear at all times. You know, like I would mm. be fully there. That I would, would never stank. look like I have. Yeah, man. I would never <laughs> have regular clothes smell, on. Baby. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd rather smell like shit than be bit, That's dude. True. It's very true. <laughs> I also think it, to your point of like the the video game kind of like popping in to the way that they're they're doing scenes. Same thing when like they get caught sneaking in episode one right here, like he's missing shots and things like that. And I'm sure that's yeah. exactly what it's like playing the game a little bit when you get startled and you're just like popping just popping shit off in a room. Desk pops, baby. Yeah. So yeah, right. So Kyle, this is uh was this getting to the point, this sequence of events where you're like, mm, I'm not that big of a horror guy. I don't know how I feel about this. Or were you fine no, with this? You're, this isn't like no. the level of horror that's like scary. Yeah, okay. This is more just like like David would this say, is this suspense is more like thriller. And, yeah. yeah. And I think the museum, honestly, I think I'll bring this up now. I think it was a perfect point to have them go through because I know I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit here, but you know, Tess is making an important thing uh, towards the end, talking about how they need to save who you can, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she specifically doesn't say what because the historical value is clearly gone <laughs> for all these things. Like that was a, a, I guess, an architectural like piece of history for the United States, and they just blew it up with a bunch of grenades and oil, like gasoline. Oh, yeah. So everything just, in that museum smashed. Yeah, everything in that museum too. It's all gone. No one yeah, it's just interesting that you know because in some movies, um, like in the book of, of Eli, like the post-apocalyptic, like they make it a point to try and save all these like historical pieces, and so it's just interesting seeing this side where they're choosing the route of fuck history. Let's just we're, all we're doing here is surviving. We don't care about anything if anything mm-hmm. makes it out of here. Granted, the Book of Eli was a different kind of apocalypse, yeah, yeah. but yeah, definitely. I'm sure they got some tidbits of humanity that they hold on to, but a bust of some Bostonian, nah, that's that's expendable yeah. in the grand scheme. Yeah, there's right. got to be someone out there that's like collecting kind of type of stuff. That's why I'm really, I can't wait to, and not that I'm glad that Tess is gone, but I'm glad to like get out if we're setting out into the world because I want to meet more people. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Kyle's really hyped that Tess died. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Kyle's like ecstatic here. But anything else before we depart the museum? I I just seeing yeah. the clickers for the first time in action was great. Yeah. It was amazing. All I want to say is Neil Druckmann was the director for this episode. And you could see a lot of the Easter eggs for anyone who doesn't know. He's the creator of the video game. All the Easter eggs are there. Like I said earlier in the episode, the clickers, the male and female voice actors are the same exact from the video games. It was just surreal. Like literally the museum was was a reflection of the video game. Pixel for pixel, if that's how you want to say it, whatever. But it was it was crazy to see. And I don't know. Again, I don't know if this is me coming coming from playing the video game, but. Spoiler alert, we get to the point where Tess gets bit, but I can't like, how can you not get bit in that situation if you're Joel or Tess? I mean, they were all up on you. And I know, like I said, in the video game, you wake one of these things up or get one running after you. Yeah, you can get rid of them, maybe. But for the most part, it's it's kind of game over, you know, so I'm maybe I have that in my head, but. That thing is all up on all up on them. Like I guess scratches and stuff don't matter. Just a bite matters. But it, the fact it just that seemed Joel, like it was like Jesus. Joel got tackled straight up by that oh, thing, yeah. and I was like, "This guy is so getting bit right here." Joel would have died two times in the video game. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. up for debate. When yeah. he was one on one initially scrapping, and when he got tackled, not even up for debate. That's, but yeah, that's for the purposes not, of yep. the show, Joel cannot reload at the last checkpoint. So, and another, I honestly have a feeling that the this set up for the f- clickers to be mostly stealth from now on that will be my guess like we'll see them and they'll try to sneak around them i don't think they'll i mean they're i'm sure it'll come up again but i i don't think they'll quote unquote wake them up and have them chasing too yep. often for the rest of this at least season one mm. I'm inclined to agree with you. You only have to see him once to know the threat that they pose. And exactly you know, the noise is enough for me to get me scared. So, God. oh, yeah. When Joel is like dropping the bullets and reloading the gun quietly and the clicker stops clicking, I'm like shitting my pants. I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be I'm like eyes squinting, like like hands to my ears, just ready for the pop up because I know yep. it's going to be right fucking next to him. And it was thankfully it wasn't like a big pop-up but i was shitting my pants i was like this would you're be, not i'd be terrified and he's shining you're not the, as like, brave as ellie light. dude yeah i'm not I ellie be... said like hey i didn't shit my pants so i guess i'm fine oh <laughs> Dave said, his pants 10 times she said that and i was like <laughs> good for you because yeah i'm already 10 10 layers Speaking deep in of smelling shit. dude <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were on your 10th pair of underwear yeah. <laughs> yeah. now uh dave and kyle before we move on we get that scene where Tess and Joel ask if she's okay. She says, I didn't shit myself. So point for me, pretty much. Were you guys expecting just from tropes in the zombie genre, you know, Tess, maybe, I mean, I guess you don't think Joel's going to be one of them. Did Ellie saying like, Oh, glad it was me who got bit. Like give you guys like the past where it's like, okay, somebody got bit. Maybe we, you know, it's not too unbelievable. Or did you think like, okay, maybe maybe what, there is a secret until later what that'll be revealed. first? Did she say that before Tess said I rolled my ankle? I believe because, Tess went yep. first or, or did no, no, no. no. Ellie, goes, Ellie, Ellie, Ellie goes first. better, so better, better, you, better me than you guys. And then Tess just says, yeah, my ankle. Yeah. So at that point, when Ellie says that, okay, I'm like, okay, you're, she's right. I did think the past. But then once Tess said I rolled my ankle, I was like, bull fucking shit. She's bit. 
we're fucked now. And I, I, again, this kind of goes back to what I was saying. Episode one with the posters kind of just give so much away of just, it's only Joel and Ellie, you know, it's not Joel, Ellie and Tess in those pictures. So I called it an episode one. I thought, honestly, she wasn't even going to make it out of the end of episode one, but she did. And so when she said I rolled my ankle, I knew immediately she was bit and Mm -hmm. this was going to be the end of her. Yeah, I mean, it's cliche, but she went out very like in in a very memorable way, which I'm sure we're about to talk about. So I think that helps the level of cliche that it is. Right, right. On the second watch through, it's really impressive how she acts. Like you can tell that she is going through the motions as someone who knows they only have the next 24 hours to live Mm -hmm. from this point on in the episode. So if you're looking for it, you can tell, oh, she got bit. The way that Mm -hmm. she treats Joel changes quite drastically. For sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. And she shows her true colors that like she doesn't she's not in it for the battery. She Though she is a cynic in this world, she believes in this girl. She has seen the proof. She thinks that this girl is the truth and is a legitimate. She's the answer, dude. She's the answer, man. Uh, But yeah, she she's buying in and she clearly Joel has not bought in yet. But she's like, if you don't buy in, you're going to buy in for me and you're going to do this for me. But we'll get to there. I thought Ellie had a great line. Joel's like walk across that ladder. I know it's going to be scary. She's like, nah, that shit in there was scary. This is just wood, man. I got this. Yeah. It shows how she's like fearless sometimes. She's yeah, great. right. She's it was funny because when she walks, a, when she walks across, you do see a little bit of a loose wood board. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, if they make Tess go out because she rolled her ankle and then she trips on the loose wood board. <laughs> and then just falls. I was like, no fucking way they're going to do her like that. What if the what if the main character was Joel through the whole season and the whole first video game and Ellie actually just died right there? She's like, oh, no, that's shit scary. This is just yeah. wood. And then the wood breaks and she falls to her death. Joel's like, all right, back to the QZ, yeah. baby. What if, alone. Th- that's what they changed from the video game that Ellie dies in the, <laughs> yeah. in the middle of episode two. Yeah. I cannot even imagine what the Internet would be like. <laughs> a big change, but we'll see where they're going. Yeah, with it. Yeah. OK, we'll give it time. Uh, no, we wouldn't give it time. We would turn off the program. So, yeah, uh, Jimmy, you said we get this awesome, iconic shot from the video games. It would be like a cinematic in the video games where they're just looking over the shoulder of Joel and Ellie sharing a conversation, looking out on the state house. And it was a great shot in the video games. Great shot in the TV show. And that will take us to the scene at the state house where everything just unfolds. They roll up. They just can tell something's off. There's no firefly activity. They're supposed to be here waiting for this girl. It shouldn't be that hard to find. They go exploring, go into the building and they kind of put two and two together. There was a bloodbath that unfolded and someone must've gotten bit. The infected turned on the healthy humans. Everybody lost, everybody died. And there is no more deal because there are no more fireflies at the state house. And, yeah, I'm just I guess I'm curious about the whole not it doesn't really matter, but the whole like infected versus healthy fire f- lights, flies, fireflies, fireflies. fireflies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like the logistics of how that would go down, like it would be someone hiding a bite, which then bit someone else who maybe hit a bite. And then the people that hit their bites eventually turn and gang up on the other ones. It's just like a funny thing to think about. And yeah, not an important thought or or aspect of the scene really at all. I guess it would oh, make yeah. sense. Like it's certain, it depends who's bit like, you know, we have, 
Tess, who I don't know, I guess she did eventually tell them she was bit, but you know, she like alluded to it. And then Ellie was the one who calls it out. But there's definitely a certain type of person that would get bit and just be in denial and be like, not yeah. tell anybody because they're hoping they don't turn. <laughs> for you. We have we have audio and potentially video evidence. Oh, yeah. I'm taking you all <laughs> down. I'm taking <laughs> so you all down. Like, I don't even know how many episodes ago, but I agree with Kyle, though. The logistics to overpower a presumably armed group of maybe a dozen of these fireflies who are trained rebel soldiers, like six of them would have to instantaneously change like that. Yeah. And make the numbers six V six at which point. Yeah. Maybe everybody there dies, but well, I agree a, that it was a change was right, a from the video games. The state house. Uh, yeah, it was a change. It, yeah, wasn't it, different. Jimmy? Yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah. it is different. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sometimes when you make changes like that, you're kind of, you're thinking to step two and kind of glossing over step one, which is yeah. Whatever. The video game is more of an action scene with yeah. Not yeah, don't need to bring exactly. anything else yeah. up, but yeah, it's, 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 it's I mean different. that's literally the least memorable part of the scene as we're going to talk about the uh, right, right the very memorable parts of the scene. Yeah. So the deal is off. No fireflies. Joel's like, all right. Well, we're shit out of luck. Let's go back to the QZ, regroup, and figure out our steps from here. And Tessa's like, nope, not an option. That's not my home. I'm staying out here in open city and joel's like what are you talking about but it clicks with ellie she's like oh shit girl got bits <laughs> it clicks oh, <laughs> it clicks but yeah i mean she shows him the wound and the wound you know it's obviously progressing and then she's like and look at ellie like you can see the difference here. This girl is the answer. She is the truth. This is where she instills in Joel. Like, if you're not going to do this for yourself, take care of this kid for me. I believe in her. I believe that this could be the answer for humanity. Yeah. They also feels like she insinuates that their relationship romantically, emotionally was very one sided. Yep. Yep. Her yep. Yep. being having a lot of feelings for him and him just kind of being this non-emotional shell of a person. Yep, exactly. I don't remember the exact words, but it's kind of like, you know, I never asked you to, to feel the way I feel and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, this was just a very good emotional scene. It it really, it it sucks that Tess is kind of gone now because mm-hmm. I it, it's fun to get that development and then maybe see where it goes. But it's she goes out in a very great way. And obviously the impact that that will then have on Joel and even maybe Ellie, because obviously Ellie doesn't have a mom or a dad and like we've said Tess is showing a little bit of maternal instincts towards her and they're kind of having that level of protection so it'll be interesting to see I think Ellie kind of probing Joel more about it because like you said she asks him earlier in the episode you know what's your two's backstory how'd you get into it and I don't think those level of questions are going to stop so it'll be interesting to see how Joel responds and you really we got an initial response to base it off of but it seems like it might be more affectionate than it might have been in the hotel and you really see when Joel's dragging Ellie out of there immediately, like he knows that they got to go. And so he grabs her and is just manhandling Ellie out yeah. of there. But she's freaking out like we got to save her. So you can really see that over this the span of this episode, how much she had already looked up to Tess as a maternal figure for her. Yeah. And it was just mm-hmm, horrible mm-hmm. just knowing that, you know, Tess was going to turn watching Ellie's reaction to it and how desperately she wanted to save her. 
one thing that came across my mind was like I would just have Ellie in like just one last attempt, just like let me drink some of your blood. Let me just see if that does anything. <laughs> if you were Tess, Jesus. yeah, if I was Tess, like just cut your wrist a little bit. Let me just drink yeah. some of that blood and see where it goes. <laughs> She's a realist. They're fucking her and Joel are move makers. While Joel's a little like hesitant to in terms of like going out into the world with Ellie versus going back, like uh, Tess is obviously immediately accepting. Like I'm dead. Yeah. She starts dumping barrels over like I'm gonna have to fucking light this bitch up like let's get it and Joel's <laughs> dragging Ellie away like alright that's it no parting words to Tess at all like no yeah, that nothing was sentimental is said at all he just grabs Ellie and is like we're hitting we're out of here I really wa- should have checked the fuel in that Zippo before you go yeah, right? to execute also, that plan. Just give it a grenade. That's how I would have done it. That, that would have been I Am Legend. That yeah. was my one complaint of the episode yeah. was the fact that she once she realized there was no fuel in the lighter, why not just pick up a grenade and pull a pin on that bitch? But Okay, uh, well, well, here, here's my thing. First of all, I don't know grenades. Like, I don't know if getting them wet matters and st- all that kind of stuff, but I don't think it does, right? Yeah, uh, whatever. But anyway, yeah. my me and Brian are talking about the fact that, like, resources matter and she just dropped like a barrel of grenades and like no one thinks to pick a couple up or uh, anything like that. I mean, honestly, you know, if I'm going to have any kind of nitpick and it's going to be from this moment on, you know, because we're going to get to the part which everyone's was like, Jesus Christ, what the heck is happening here? Um, All that kind of was like a little weird to me, maybe because I'm the video game player, but I guess we can get to it right now. Um, You know, the infected all run in now again, Brian, we this is new territory to us. The whole hive mind thing was not a thing in the video games where you can like touch something and they know it or they can kind of like call upon each other to, to, to come rushing in. All I got to say is in the video games, Tess does go on a blaze of glory, but you don't see like you're not there for it. Like you don't see her final moments. So the fact that the infected comes in, I thought this was going to get to the point where he I guess it was a he. The infected was like going to come up to her, but not attack her because he was going to be like, yeah, you're one of us. Yeah. Eh? You know, but this the make out thing and her just standing there for it. I was like, what the (laughs) heck was that? It was wild to watch, but I did. And I even wrote down like, why in the fuck would she ever let him do that? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just insane thought. But I I just read an explanation. It was a quote from, I guess, what is his name? Craig Mazan. Mazan. Craig. Yeah. And he he said like they were thinking of like the way that they would interact. This is the infected with people and that everyone always immediately would be aggressive or run away. But like what would happen if you actually just kind of stood there and like, Mm -hmm. they're not like inherently violent, the infected, especially like, I guess the lower level ones that aren't clickers, they're just, you know, it's just a fungal organism. So they don't have like an inherent level of violence in them. It's only when like healthy people react to them in negative ways, like attacking them or running away and such. So if you just let it happen, it would happen. Yeah, that it would, would be just, it. They wouldn't have yeah. to chase you down, pin yeah. you down, and be violent. Uh, so it wouldn't be violent. They'll bite you, but they just won't tear your ass up. They would Look. just affect you, yeah, but they wouldn't be yeah. in a violent matter. I still think ridiculous. That's just, they were in the room yeah. and we're like, how do we make the most unsettling thing for our viewers? Yeah. How do we get Dave the most horny watching this? Show? <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, what they were seriously thinking. though, it's it super gross. It's super unsettling just in general. Like the whole it's in episode one, it's in episode two, where like you could see like the fungus coming out of their mouths and kind of like it's alive and everything. You could see it coming from the ground. 
again, that's not in the video games. You see in the intro of this episode where, you know, the girl, um, you know, the girl who's dead, they cut into her leg and then they open her mouth and it's coming out of her mouth and you can see like the fungal infection is alive. Yes, that's like, that's cool as shit. It's very unsettling, but you really think like Tess, Tess would be just standing there. I guess she's trying to flick the Zippo, but like push him away and yeah. get more time. Like, I, so, yeah, I don't know. My thing is, if she was committed to the Zippo, some people's reaction to trauma, adversity, whatever, is to just freeze up. And she might have been thinking, if I move, then he does get violent. And that's a very, very unpleasant death. So let me just make out of him. <laughs> let me just stand here and I am dying on the Zippo Hill. If this thing doesn't click, then I deserve it. I like it. I I'm like hoping that. it clicks, man. <laughs> I, like it. I mean, obviously, the, the kiss was totally unnecessary. I get it that Tess, yes, was a badass. But in the moment, sometimes it could just be so horrifying <laughs> that you just freeze yeah. the fuck up and you just have no other reaction. I, I think I do agree, Gen, B-Tom's general take of it's most of it is driven of just like kind of pure shock value of like, and I, I you're mean, saying, oh, did you see what happened things? at the end of episode two? Like, that was crazy like that. And as yeah, definitely. And as far as we know, I think the only time we've ever seen, I guess we're going to call just the still the fungus that the fungus living coming out of the human would be their mouth. You know, we've yes. seen it coming out of the ground and wrapping around fingers. We haven't like when the girl gets chopped in her leg in the lab in the intro, we don't see anything like moving out of her leg. We just see it through the mouse. So my thought was maybe it's like they're close. And you know how they said in Body Otis, John Hannah said in intro of episode one, you know, their mind starts to get altered. So maybe her freezing up is like, OK, I'm having this connection with the one that's close to me. And like they, you know, both their mouths open in the fungus. They they collide. That's kind of what, you know, they made out. But like the point was like both sides open. Hers came out. <laughs> yeah. Like the, her the body was reacting. Not it's like, like, yeah, so it like, it's like Avatar. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, yeah. so, yeah, right. So she's done with being Tess. I mean, she's still Tess. She's flicking. But know. she had some of like the hallucination or whatever going where. It's really the avatars are coming to it for each other. I saw it once. I never, ever, ever want to see it again. <laughs> yeah, I there it is. that's my take. Do you think that there's like little wiggly things coming out of their b holes? <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Any orifice, any probably, hole you can get say. to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I will say though, going back to the intro when Jimmy, since you brought it up with um, when the doctor's experiments or looking at the dead body there, when her fingers are in the patient's mouth, I was like, bite. I was yeah, yeah I was oh, so man. ready for that a chomp to come down and we didn't get it but I was I was like why would you ever ever do that ever I saw the bullet hole in the head so I was like okay I yeah, guess I it's not going to happen but still a part of me was like this thing is going to jump out of this right yeah. at the screen and bite this girl's face off So I kind of want to rewind us to Tess's dying monologue she references bill and frank she says get ellie to bill and frank he's like oh they're never gonna blow she's like you'll you'll convince them to take her take care of her any ideas about bill and frank because they were also mentioned in episode one ron swanson yeah right <laughs> good hot take but yes that's my only thought <laughs> bill and frank also sound like country and, and having a nice ass breakfast when they when they show up yeah they sound yeah. like they wear a like kind of Maybe not straw hats, but hats with like <laughs> brims that go all the way around, potentially overalls. Overalls. Yeah, and I guess it seemed like these are 
They're not Vedra. They're not Fireflies. But you also have to remember that Tess is willing to give Ellie to them. Yeah. So they can't be too, too sketchy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to get, like I said, I guess, however many minutes ago, to meet new people, get out into the world, get a sense of, you know, what's society, quote unquote, if you want to even call it that. We're kind of not at a level of civilization outside of any quarantine zone. So what What it's like out in the borderland. Yeah. Who are the power players? (laughs) How do they survive? What's their deal? So I'm excited to to learn more about more people. So my question for you, Kyle is what are your feelings on the fact that Tommy wasn't brought up once this episode? Does it matter to you? I mean, I remember you were saying that one of the best things to you about Joel's character in episode one was how he was being motivated to save Tommy. Does that matter that he wasn't really brought up? Uh, is it just because it was a quick action episode? It doesn't really matter. Is he going to focus now on Ellie? What, what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I would say, Probably the the second one in that he's kind of was like thrown like a, a very like a more immediate need was kind of thrown into his face right at the end of the episode, mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. like he wanted to go right back and, you know, go again to try to get some more resources to get to Tommy. And then Tess obviously kind of grants this mission upon him with Ellie. So I'm OK with that being like, yeah. A, I mean, like I said, obviously, like we all know, it's a video game, so we have just sure. another quest before we get to <laughs> potentially the main quest. So I'm okay. Right. If if every episode kind of breaks down into a mission like that, I think that will be okay. They don't say okay. his name specifically, but anytime the when they're talking yeah. about how Joel wants the battery, it's at the end of the day that he wants equals the Tommy. Yeah, that equals. I, yeah, I saw the. That's true. I think the side by side of Tess's death scene, and I feel like she she invokes Tommy in that in the game. I want to. I can't remember to be honest with her conversation. Um, Yeah, they changed some stuff. Obviously, like in the video game, it's very, very, very up in the air if they were an item. Like that's not really invoked at all. Like you kind of almost take it like they're friends in the video game, but go like, eh, maybe. Like you know, the the TV show does it for that. You know, let's give a little romanticism into the TV show. Like that's not in the video game, so it's. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember. I can't remember if she brings up Tommy or not. I also read that something we talked about earlier early this episode, but that next episode is going to be an hour and 20 minutes again. Oh, oh okay. okay. And, okay. Mind, and apparently it's like the, the most deviation from the source material. Mm. So, okay. So we have that to look forward to. So we're, we're ready for pitchforks, maybe? Yeah, ready to yeah, burn this shit to the fucking maybe. ground. Yeah. You guys, maybe. Yeah. We'll show no, no, not us, the fandom. Yeah, we'll see. When you watch like just the cutscenes of video games, you know they're they never equal. It's not going to equal an entire season long of you know. Oh yeah, content. oh yeah. So they definitely need yeah. to add some things. So based on how it's been going so far, I think I trust them to do. If it's going to stem a little bit off the video games, then I trust them at this point to make it. You know. Yeah. It kind of fall like, into a good place. Yeah, they obviously so, have the soul of what's important. Yeah, going on. It's the damn the creator. Who, yeah, and the, the guy who the created the, the show is there. Yeah, so that's if he thinks like, it's right, then it's right. It's like yeah, saying exactly it, the the hilarious thing that I just love when I posted on TikTok and certain things. I saw somebody on Twitter was like <laughs> George R. R. Martin posted something about Game of Thrones. He said something about the Targaryens, and someone tweeted back at him saying "source question mark." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like, dude, come on. It's fucking George. Yeah. It's my freaking world. I yeah. created it. 
I mean, I'm just I'm excited. I think it's going to be another good ride. Hopefully, we're watching it on the the back end of another Eagles victory because that yeah. added a nice little <laughs> spice to this week. True so, that. Uh, it should be a, a very fan. We're lining up for a very fantastic Sunday again for the third Sunday in a row. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Dave? No, I just thought overall this was a really you know solid episode. We get a lot of edge of your seat moments some memorable character moments. You know, we got a lot of comedy from Ellie, obviously Tess's death, and then we get a lot of backstory as well. So just a great combination of things you would want to see in an episode. We got a kiss too. So that just even tops it off even more (laughs) as a perfect episode. But yeah, just loving the ride so far and very excited to keep going with it. Yeah, just to reiterate, I I think that Pedro Pascal, amazing as Joel. I think Bella Ramsey is killing it. R.I.P. to the girl, Tess. She's... Her actress, Anna Torv, killed it as Tess. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been doing great. Kyle, to your point, when we were talking about deviations, I think that every deviation that they've made so far has actually added to the material. So if something's going to happen in episode three, that's a deviation. I'm ready for it. Like Brian said, maybe we'll start sharpening the pitchfork, but we're not going to take them out yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Loved it. The 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 fact that it just I, I said in episode one, you get chills, man. You going into that museum and seeing it be almost exactly the same in the hotel and, and some of the dialogue. Some people were like actually, you know, going against the fact that the moot or the TV show is using some of the games dialogue word for word. But no, I think it's awesome. Like, I think it's a great homage. I mean, if it's written great the first time, why change it? So, you know, I'm, I'm loving this so far. Yeah. I'm enjoying talking to you guys about it. I love having the rooks on and I'm ready for episode three. To the dialogue point, it hasn't felt like for someone that has no idea what's happening, it hasn't felt like any lines have come like cr- like straight cornball out of left field, right? Like, right. Like eye rolling completely, you know. So, I said it in episode one. I mean, you have one of the greatest games of all time, known for being cinematically phenomenal, known for having some of the best cutscenes of all time. They have it, the blueprint right in front of them. So. Don't screw it up. And they haven't been. I mean, if, if it's if it's great, don't change it. And I'll just Take give my home. final thoughts. Uh, kind of what Jimmy was saying. Everything that they have plucked out of the video games and made it a one to one copy in the TV show. It's worked. If they're going to deviate next week, you know, they've already earned my trust. And I mean, he's the creator, like you said. So they're going to do a great job. I'm really excited for episode three because I'm fully satisfied with the first two episodes. And I think that's going to be a wrap on our episode two coverage of The Last of Us. I already went through the laundry list of Bingetown TV items at the beginning. But again, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BingetownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app. Uh, YouTube, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.